that two floor suite, I just don't even know what to say. All I keep thinking is, okay, so when I go and I have five kids, it would probably be more economical to stay in the two. In the, in the, the two, rationalization the begins. The rationalization of that. <laughs> DCL Duo fans, just a quick note about today's bonus episode. It is a rebroadcast of a live show that we did about April Disney news and events or cruising news and events with our special co-host Adrian that we like to do that show with. Going forward, we're going to try to do our bonus episodes as live shows so you can tune in and watch them as we're recording, but we'll keep pushing them out to the podcast channel. But because they're live, you're going to hear some audio artifacts in here that we might otherwise edit out from our regular audio recordings. So just bear with us there. And I don't think it detracts from the overall content of the show. And we hope that it will still be pleasurable for you to listen to. But just wanted to give you that heads up before you head into the audio this evening. So with that, here is our bonus episode for this week. everybody to this episode of the DCL Duo podcast and vlog. We're live on video tonight and we're going to be doing some news and commentary. And so let me welcome in my regular co-host, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, I'm fist bumping to the countdown music. You're like Zemo. You're like Zemo, Zemo fist bumping. I love the Zemo fist bumping. Yeah. Sam's, uh, Sam's on a Plus Platoon podcast now that does Disney Plus stuff and she's obsessed with Zemo from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm so totally. we're Doing like this all night. Like Zemo in the club. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's bring in our favorite news and commentary guest co host, Adrian. Welcome, Adrian. Hey, hey guys. It's the duo plus one right here. Yeah, love it. We love having you on to talk about news, Adrian. You have great perspective and great, varied Disney knowledge. Thank you. Well, there's a lot of great cruising news this past like week or two. And so we're going to dive into a bunch of topics. Uh, We'll try to rapid fire a few of them all night. Uh, Yeah, we uh, tend to run over on that. (laughs) (laughs) And this is live, so no editing here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so um, I got a list of topics for us to dive into. I think we got to start, though, with UK staycations. So uh, not news that Disney announced UK staycations. What is news mm-hmm. is that they came out and announced the specific protocols are going to be following right. for those staycations. Uh, and I want to pull them up so that I have them accurate. But uh, in the know before you go on Disney's website, um, we know that they are doing um, COVID-19 vaccinations. So all those over 18 have to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated to sale. Mm-hmm. They're doing COVID-19 tests for guests under the age of 18 before leaving home. And then another test at the terminal. They're going to be doing multiple health screenings during the, uh, during the cruise. Uh, they're going to be practicing physical distancing, wear face coverings. Um, they want you to use the app on board and obviously online check-in. None of that stuff is really new. So right. virtual cues, I'm sure on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything surprising here other than that? I feel like this is like the ultimate belt and suspenders approach or for our friends in the UK, I have learned that, uh, some of that terminology is a little too racy. So it's uh, belt and braces, <laughs> belt and braces there. Uh, and so it feels like a belt and braces approach to me over yeah. in the UK. What, uh, what do you think, Adrian? I think that they're, they're priming themselves. I think that they're setting the good example because they are, know the world is watching this, mm-hmm. you know, Di- and Disney people alike are looking for this to be the example How's it going to go? How's it going to come back? Is everybody going to be healthy? Are we? Are is it going in the positive direction that they're going to feel comfortable when it comes back here to go on a ship? Mm-hmm. That, and I and I think that I think they're doing it right. I think you have to do it harsh and now and this way and later we can work it out a little bit less and a little bit less. Like Disney has loosened the reins a little, so I think yeah, I think it will change. I think, but they need to come on strong and say, this is how we're doing it. Because if you want to sail, this is just what it is. I totally agree. I think they're the, the conservative approach, start with more precautions versus less, and then kind of 
you know, pull them back little by little as they prove that, you know, cruising is not a super spreader event. That's what they need to prove because that's what happened back in March of 2020 and even into early April when there were a couple of cruise ships that couldn't get docked because of COVID on board. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be able to prove that they can cruise safely without super spreader events and they also need to kind of, I think, test test the waters, as they say. But, um, you know, they need to test out new protocols and kind of figure out how things, you know, how things are going to look like shows and right. character meet and greets and all kind of like all the things they've done in the parks. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm not surprised by any of these protocols by any means. Um, I, I'm, I'm What I'm actually curious about, and I don't know that they've said a ton, is sort of what is actually going to be the experience on board, right? They've talked mm-hmm. about the health and safety protocols, but what's going to be open? What's going to be closed? What's going to be limited capacity? What are shows going to look like? Mm-hmm. Dining, all of that stuff. So if you're out there watching and uh, you have booked a UK staycation, I said this on our last podcast too, we want to hear from you after you sail so we can hear about what it was like on board because I think these UK protocols are precursor to what we're going to see in the US when mm-hmm. cruising returns, yes. quite frankly. So yeah. speaking speaking of which, we can transition over to the fact that the CDC this week has also now finally uh, come out with a set of protocols for the cruise lines to follow to get back to sailing to the point that folks are reporting that it looks like cruises could be back in about a month and a half, which yeah. is I think a 180 degree turn from where we thought things were going to head Mm -hmm. with the CDC. Um, What they have said this week is that uh, ships can bypass the required simulated test cruises, which were a a precursor to them restarting cruising uh, by having pay 95% of paying passengers on board fully vaccinated. I think the paying thing is kind of interested, but but, okay. 95% of passengers on board fully vaccinated, 98% of crew. Um, The, uh, CDC is going to update its testing and quarantine guidance. Uh, they're saying, for example, that folks who've been vaccinated would be able to take a PCR test at the port as opposed mm-hmm. to doing something before they leave home. Mm-hmm. Um, they've clarified that uh, before the guidance was that they would have to enter into one-to-one agreements with the ports, uh, which the cruise lines were saying that's going to be really difficult for us to do, and it's a lot of work. And they've now said they can enter into multi-port agreements. So a lot of good stuff here mm-hmm. that I think the cruise lines uh, were looking for. So Sam, what do you, what do you think about the CDC guidance that's come out? Well, I think it's great that we finally have heard something, right? I mean, I think there's a little confusion out there on the CDC guidance as to whether or not children um, who can't be vaccinated yet. I think that's the one piece of information that I've, I've been reading on different blogs and articles and in Facebook groups. And, and I'm seeing conflicting information about whether or not the 95% is for all passengers or if it's just for those 18 and older or even 16 and older, right? Because in the U.S. right now, only 16 and older can can get vaccinated. There are mm-hmm. no vaccinations approved for anyone under 16. So Disney and Royal Caribbean and a few of the even Carnival, a lot of cr- these cruise lines cater to family audiences. We're not talking about princess or celebrity that probably could survive with just, um, you know, adults. Um, mm-hmm. But these other cruise lines that are family oriented, really, I mean, I know people who sail without kids. We've sailed without our son. Um, but it's glorious. It's it amazing. <laughs> it's but underrated. I love, I love my son, but it's glorious. Yeah, but it, but it but it, it is the, a fact that most of the people who are sailing on Disney and Royal and mm-hmm. several and most of the other lines, more than half of the ship has, you know, children with them, or at least children under the age of 16. So I don't, I don't see how, um, you know, how anybody can sail until they clarify that. And then there's the other piece of information that is still really unclear, which is Governor DeSantis from Florida has said that, you know, by his decree, nobody, no businesses are allowed to require vaccinations. And he has previously said that cruise lines are not exempt from that. Now, he has not yet commented on the CDC's new guidance, but I don't think DeSantis wants to give up all the cruise revenue for the entire state of Florida, because guess what? That's where like 90 some percent of cruises sail out of uh, in Mm -hmm. the United States. So I don't think he wants to lose them to Galveston and New Orleans and New York and, you know, other states that might be willing to allow that certainly would be more willing to allow vaccination requirements so that they could get some of those port fees and some tourist dollars. 
What do you think, Adrian? I think that you're a thousand percent right. I think that he's going to have to stop because and take a beat and and just think about what he's saying mm-hmm. because you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. With the, with this particular situation, you cannot have it both ways because then you're going to get people, passengers who don't believe in COVID showing up at the terminal and demanding to get on the ship. And they'll say, well, the governor said that I didn't need that. Mm-hmm. And now you have the CDC saying one thing, the governor saying another. It, it, it can't happen. It can't be both ways. It's going to have to be clear and concise and it's going to have to be the way the CDC wants it. And honestly, who wouldn't want that? Why wouldn't you want to be on a ship where you're feeling a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. than, than, than the alternative? And as far as kids, listen, I told you, my kids are, my youngest is 15. We're waiting mm-hmm. to see what happens with bated breath to see if they drop the age for the vaccinations. But you're right cruising with children is going to be the challenge. That's Mm -hmm. really the biggest challenge the cruise industry is going to face on all those kid areas and how Mm -hmm. to maintain and what to do and distancing in the clubs that are so they're famous for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's interesting is, and and I wonder if we'll see this kind of hop the pond, so to speak. In the UK, they're saying Mm -hmm. everyone 18 and over, I think in the US it'd be 16 and over Mm -hmm. needs to be vaccinated with some wiggle room on the percentages, right? But over in the UK, they're saying anyone under, just let's do testing. Like let's let's do the testing regime that frankly, the testing regime is what they implemented over in Asia when they restarted cruising, right? Before vaccines were really deployed, they basically said, we'll do testing before, testing at the port. Mm-hmm. If you fail a test, test again, testing every, like practically every day on board. <laughs> you know, for some. <laughs> right. And so, and so like, I, I, I think there's something to, you know, if, 90, you know, 95% of the adult population on board is coming in vaccinated. 98% of the crew is vaccinated. Testing for kids might, might get you over the hurdle. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It will be interesting to see what well, happens. And I agree because I think it will ultimately lead to the herd immunity on the ship. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, but you need the vaccinations and, and, and he has to clear that up. I, he has to. And mm-hmm. he's not like Sam said, he is, there is no way he's going to want to lose that revenue from what is it? There's four ports, I think in Florida, you're not yeah. going to lose the revenue from those four ports. It's the hotels. Yeah. It's, it's so much industry. You're not. Totally. Yeah. And the businesses will rail against him and make sure he gets voted out if he mm-hmm. doesn't. I mean, that's the other part, right? Like politically, it would just be, it would be political suicide for him to not budge on that for, for cruise line industry specifically. I mean, he, yeah. he can, he can stick his, you know, foot in the, the, the sand or, you know, whatever it is, uh, for other industries, but not for cruising. Cause it's really outside of his control. It's really something that the federal government regulates, not the States. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Um, just for our listeners, the 98 and the 95 percentages, people may be asking, well, why is it not 100%? Well, there are people who are, you know, have certain kinds of allergies or certain kind of immunocompromised conditions who actually can't get vaccine mm-hmm. vaccinated. And so the whole idea behind herd immunity is most of us get vaccinated for the people who really actually can't. So they, they may allow for some religious exemptions as well. That's That's unclear, but most likely I would imagine that that 5% or that 2% will be for people who, for whatever reason, can't get vaccinated. Well, to be clear, the CDC is saying minimum. That's the floor. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to prevent Disney under its current labor model from saying 100% of the crew is going to be vaccinated Mm -hmm. and we're just not going to allow people to sail unless they're vaccinated. Like there's no, uh, you know, there's no necessary right I have to get on board a, cr- a cruise ship. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they make exceptions for like make a wish kids Medical. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah but that's, that's, that's a different thing. And like we said, as long as it's the herd immunity where it's a, uh, the percentages baseline of what we're talking about, I think it will be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But remember Disney didn't make medical exceptions for the masking requirement. That's true. So, they didn't at the parks. You're right. Park, that's true. Right. And, yeah, but, and at the time it was sort of, it was sort of, they said, Look, if you're if you have a medical condition that makes it difficult for you to wear a mask, might not be the best idea for you to be coming into our parks in the middle of COVID. So, I, you know, but I, <laughs> we'll see. I, I guess, yeah. But I think that that was the right call. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, and, no, no, and, I agree. And it was, I agree. and it was 
very clear in all the guidelines, before, know before you go that if you cannot wear a mask, do not come to the park. Mm-hmm. It was stated in every which way. So the few people that unfortunately it wasn't pleasant that happened and they brought their kids and whatever. It's horrible. But at the end of the day, it was there. It was written. It was concise. Yeah. No, yeah. I I, look, I agree with the position they took. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. and that's their position in the parks. It couldn't have been their position on the cruise line too. So, um, well, well, that's all going to hinge right with the governor, right? He's not going to set, he, the tone has to be for the cruises. You want to say how the CDC said, you know, being in an open park is a little different than being on a cruise ship right? and the, and the proximity of people. And it's some, it's not all outdoors. We know that. So you're going to have to pick and choose your battle with it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, speaking of decisions out of the Florida government, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot to talk about out of the Florida and, government, and 180 degree turns, uh, couple them to the two things together tonight. Uh, so earlier this week it was reported. So the Florida legislature had been considering a bill. So I think it was Senate bill 426 or house bill 426. Mm-hmm. that was essentially aimed at overturning the referendum in Key West. Key West had voted by referendum, uh, earlier this year to ban all essentially large cruise ships uh, from porting in Key West. Uh, The impact of that was to take something like 200 plus port calls down to eight uh, or something like that. Uh, Actually, it had to be more than 200. I I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but lots of port calls were taken down to eight cruise, you know, no ships over. I think a hundred passengers were going to be allowed to port in Key West, something of that nature. So basically no cruise ships. No, it's, it's those smaller, like, you know, the river boat cruise sizes, those size ships. Yeah. And, and the stated purpose was that they really wanted to, you know, one, environmental protection of the reef down there, and two, uh, it's it's been sort of reported or speculated that the, they were looking to shift the clientele that was visiting Key West and sort of move <laughs> away from these large cruise ships that dump a ton of people into Key West uh, and move toward more of an upscale clientele. I heard someone describe it or to me earlier this week as, you know, they wanted to become the Hamptons or the Martha's Vineyard. Or the St. Uh, Barts or something. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. sweet. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted <laughs> mega yachts, wanted mega yachts, not cruise ships. Um, great in theory. Uh, the Florida legislature has been considering and debating a bill, uh, Senate Bill 426, and it was essentially going to exercise preemption over the ports and say, you don't get to decide the size and nature of the commercial traffic coming through the ports. The bill sponsor mm-hmm. had a really interesting scenario where he said, if we allow this referendum to proceed, what if folks in Jacksonville say, I don't like fossil fuels, so I don't want to import anything that burns fossil fuels into the port. So now we're shutting down all importation of cars into the port of Jacksonville. So that that was their rationale for the bill. But earlier this week, it was reported that that bill was dead on arrival. The bill sponsor was yanking support. Uh, they were going to kill the bill. And then a day later, Turned <laughs> the it around. bill language got attached as an amendment to another bill that passed the House and the Senate and is now waiting for Governor DeSantis to sign it. Uh, and it would override the Key West vote down there and allow cruise ship traffic back into the port of Key West. So, Adrian, what do you think? Are you excited to be Shocking. heading back to Key West? Or, or are you upset that, he, that they overrode the, the will of the people down there? Honestly, it's their home. And I understand I would be honestly more concerned about the environmental impact. Is there something more substantial that's happening environmentally that maybe we didn't know? If that's the case, then yeah, I agree with that. It should be not happening environmentally, but what a turnaround, right? Yeah, crazy. (laughs) There's something, there's something going on there. And, um, well, they I, did I report think, that I they think, did report somebody made a rather large campaign donation no to Governor DeSantis. So, yeah, I think the uh, I think it was the um, uh, the the not the tugboats, but the port. Um, yeah. What were they called? The, the Harbor Pilots. The Harbor Pilots mm-hmm. Association made a, made a rather large last minute donation uh, I'm down there. Shocked. So. <laughs> but I look. There's both sides to the story. There's both sides with it. I think that Key West is very small. If you've ever been there, it is not like a huge area. So when cruise ships, a certain size come, it is overwhelming. It mm-hmm. is. I, I, I'm mixed about that one. I really am. I, you know, environmentally and ship wise, I, I see the ship's point of view that it's an extra port and this and that. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of fudgy on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the only thing politically that I, I looked at and gave me concern, one was I had heard reported that, you know, the referendum is being voted on by the residents of Key West, but the bulk of the people who actually have jobs in Key West that relate two cruise lines don't live within the boundaries. Right, they can't of afford to, to live in. This. Yeah. And and so like it, it did it did feel to me a little a little No, and a that I agree unfair. with. No, that I agree unfair. with. I yeah. agree with all of that. And I, you know, listen, I agree with the fact that this is ridiculous about how he why it switched over and how it happened. Like I said, I'm not I'm not a specialist in environmental things. That's my, that was my biggest mm-hmm. concern, but are they just using it as an excuse? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, we I, don't, I, yeah. And, and so I think somebody pointed out to me that there wasn't an environmental impact study. That, I mean, I'm sure there've been many, right. No, I want to say this. I'm sure there've been many out there. I mean, the, the other thing that was really uh, kind of uh, odd to me as well is I'm sure the port, the public port down, there's a private port and a public port. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the public port has taken a ton of state money for port improvements over the years. Right. And now the pushback is, oh, the state's coming in and saying we can't do this and overriding the will of the people. It's like you are willing to take the money from the state, but you're not, not willing to accept the direction right, from the yeah. state. So like you can't kind of have it both both ways. So I, I, I am sympathetic to the environmental argument if it's in fact Well, that's what I'm true. saying. That's all I'm saying is that if yeah. it's that, then yes, I, I am all for whatever is decided. But like you said, is there proof to back that up? And if there right. is, then okay. But if there's not, then mm. yeah, I think I'm I'm skeptical that their motives were environmental. I think it's all, you know, political. And you know, in the end, for Florida, it's all about the economy. Stupid, right? I mean, <laughs> if you oh, that's not that's not fair for just Florida. I think every well, state for every state, no, that's that. what I yeah. mean. But like for the yeah. the reason the state of Florida, the Florida legislature is overturning the will of the you know people of Key West is because there is big you know tax revenue and there are jobs that are you know sustained by that mm-hmm. port. Like Brian was saying, the the folks who work at the port of Key West don't live in Key West. They can't afford to live in Key West. Key West is she she expensive. Mm-hmm. All of the people who work in the port and work at the shops and the restaurants and the, you know, and, and the Harbor pilots and all of the sort of they industries all around, they all out. live further out. Exactly. And so, you know, those folks would lo- lose a lot of those folks would lose their jobs or, or probably, you know, cut back on hours. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the restaurants will be probably, you know, killed. A lot of the tourist shops will be killed. Sure. I'm sure the there are. I yeah. Agree. I, I, yeah. Except that Key West is saying we're doing just fine. Now, I, I well, find that argument. I find that argument just a tad specious for the moment because you're doing just fine in a setting when people can't really travel to too many places. Right. People can't go the to the Caribbean, so they're driving I'll to be, Key West. I will be interested in Key West as a case study two years out, yeah. three years out. Yeah. Yeah. What's your revenue look like? If Well, the problem is now we won't get it as a case study because <laughs> the legislature has overturned it. But um, right. it would have been interesting to see. And I think there are other ports out there that might look to them because I know Grant mm-hmm. Kamen said, we want to go the same route. We've been doing great ever since the cruise lines mm-hmm. left. Right. Uh, it's, it, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see. I don't think Key West is the last we're going to hear of this. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be the last we hear of it in Key West. No. It'll just be interesting to see it the case study. It will, it will go. It will go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, let's shift over to actual, some like actual Disney specific news, which we, we talked about the UK staycations up front, which is obviously Disney Cruise Line specific. But let's shift over to a couple of Disney Cruise Line specific topics. We're going to save the biggest for last, the <laughs> elephant in the room that we we can't avoid talking about, which all of you out there probably know what I'm mentioning. And so I'm not going to start down that path just yet. But before we head there, uh, Disney did announce this week, Disney Cruise Line did announce this past week that they are making some changes to Palo and Remy. Uh, unsurprisingly, there is a price change to, I think, just Palo. If I read the announcement wow. correctly, the Palo price is going from 40 to $45, which at first blush, I was like, oh, five whole dollars. But that is a more than 10% increase cost of a meal at Palo, just to put right. it in perspective. Uh, but 40 to $45. And now they are also going to be offering uh, a prefix Right. And an a la carte menu at both restaurants. So previously, Remy was entirely prefix. You could, you could you shift could, around what you ordered, right, but, you were, right. but, yeah, but there was but one was, price, and it was kind of two set menus, and you could kind of shift around stuff yeah, if right. you wanted. For, for our listeners and viewers out there, Remy was there's an American menu and a French menu, and basically you ordered one or the other, and then they just started 
coursing you through that yeah. menu. There also were there, all no, all, there were all cart items that were always at the bottom that you could sub in, but most people, because everything was it was sort of an all inclusive right, meal, you, right. you could you sub all, in. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't right. you do couldn't just all, three yeah, courses though. Right. There were up charges. They're basically they're not all it's not all a carton that you could choose right. an appetizer right. main and a dessert. You had to you're gonna have a seven course meal and there were things that you could add caviar service to your meal. You could add Wagyu beef to your meal, if that's right. what you wanted. Okay, so but now they're adding a la carte to Remy on the Palo side, which is which which was very much a la carte. Now it was all included for the the charge. Right. You could pick whatever you wanted off the menu. Um, now they're going to do an a la carte menu uh, that you know is priced out and a prefix menu, so you can have a set meal at mm-hmm. Palo or you can order off the menu. Right. Palo is going up from forty to forty five. Remy is still at one hundred and twenty five, and they announced that. No changes to brunch. Right. But both because if they mess around well, with that Palo brunch, people both, are gonna burn that place to ground. So. <laughs> but both a la carte, both a la carte um menus, you're going to have to pay per dish. That's the diff- that's one thing that didn't exist before. While Palo, before you ordered off a menu, you ordered a la carte, you still had a price uh, a fixed price. So you could order as much or as little as you wanted for that one price for dinner. Now it's going to be there's going to be a set price fix menu, and then there's going to be a la carte items. So it might be that your favorite dish is only on the a la carte menu and not on the price fix menu. And I'm not happy about that. And Craig says, hi, Adrian. Hi, Craig. Craig. (laughs) So so that's my prediction is that, so we have, I don't, for viewers out there, we live in the Seattle area. They have restaurant week. And if you live in a major city, a lot of times they do this. New York, Long Island, New York. Yep. To get you into a restaurant, it's like pay $35, sometimes 25 for 25, 35 for 35. It's like 35 restaurants, $35 for dinner, which is unheard of at some of these places. But you go in to this restaurant that's really known for whatever kind of food. And you sit down and you look at the 35 for 35 menu and you're like, that that thing that everyone says you have to have here isn't on the menu. Right. Well, I better order it right. off the menu right. and mm-hmm. pay that price. And it's only too. like a three course menu, right? When you right. at these the ones that we're talking about for restaurant week, it's typically like a two course or a three course menu. And so that's what what we have yet to see. And that's the thing that's going to be interesting for us to know is like, you know, I imagine Remy will still be the seven, you know, like a seven course well, here's menu. The, but here's the hypothetical. Here's the hypothetical. I want to know about Grand Marnier Paolo. Souffle. Grand Marnier Souffle <laughs> may not be the dessert option on the prefix menu. On Paolo, Probably not. Yeah, that would be cr- the so the souffles at Paolo are are widely known as you know their sort of signature desserts. You can you can get either the Grand Marnier or the chocolate. Is that right? It was I can't the remember. chocolate. I think it was like yeah. the flourless, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so they have a couple of them and you have to order them at the beginning of your meal. So there are certain right, things get, that get, may not yeah. be on there. We'll see. Let's get Adrian. So Adrian, you still going to eat at Paolo and Remy? I mean, uh, yeah. I think the value prop <laughs> is still there. <laughs> um, yeah. I, there's no deterring that one. So right? I, the, they could have made it 50 and I'd still go there. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. Maybe, yeah. you know, and listen, I get what you're saying. It's an, it's an increase, but They've never increased it since the mm-hmm. beginning and they know what they have. And the story, I, it's, it's good food. I, am I, do I love the idea of the price fix part? Uh, not the price fix, the, um, the a la carte part. Mm, not really, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'll muddle through and <laughs> yeah. yeah. with, with the restaurant with no children. <laughs> <laughs> it does know, right? shift. It does shift Palo from because Palo, I feel like, was like main dining in that you could choose if you wanted everything on the menu, they were going to bring it. They to were going to bring it, mm-hmm. and it's not that anymore because you either choose their menu or you order everything that you want off the menu and you pay for it. Now, on the one hand, I think that's a great. I think that's a great option from the standpoint of like people not wasting a bunch of food, just trying things, right? You really got to want it and eat it. You're not just going to do what we love to do, order for the table. We order one um, right. for the table. <laughs> yeah. So, right. um, yeah, but that's, that is a, that, that to me is a bigger shift than adding the a la carte menu to Remy because Remy is about the prefix experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can still have that. But Palo was kind of like the unlimited menu option on board. Yeah. And that's now, that's now completely gone. So that feels like a bigger change to me, especially no, in the is, case of a price increase. But it's really not, I, I don't, those who are dedicated to eat there and want it will go. It's I, exactly. I, and I think that 
it's the standard, like the gold standard restaurant of that, of the ship, because not everybody can do Remy because that is a more expensive option. And, so, a, and a more unique type of food and more, right. a little bit more, you have to be a little bit more risk taking with your food and open. <laughs> open. Exactly. You can't, you can't really be too picky of an eater um, or too particular of an eater right. and go to Remy and, and really have an enjoyable experience when people ask us like, Oh, should I do go to Remy or go to Paula? And we ask like, well, what do you normally like to eat? And are you a foodie or like what, you know, that's, I feel like you have are to you gauge. open to try different things. Yeah. Craig, Craig, who's listening will tell, will attest to the fact that when he told me the menu of Remy, I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's just, and, and to others, it's great. I, right? yeah, I'm just not an open person with certain foods. So yep. for me, it wasn't the option. Yep. No, I well, agree. I think I, I I do think though one of the things they're probably aiming for with this Remy with the Remy a la carte menu is to get some folks in to try it who might mm-hmm. not otherwise try it. I, I think that's what they do with the dessert service at Remy because there are I think a lot more people who think oh the dessert's not going to be that weird or you know adventurous right. so I can go do dessert. I'm not sure how I'm not really so sure how much that's going to work. I I think that most I'm people actually, yeah. I think most people who go already go and most people who don't go are not going to go just for like an appetizer or something like that. But I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll have to see what the, what the market bears. Yeah. And I've done 180 degrees. And I actually actually thought that was their stated goal was to kind of be more inclusive of people and get them into Remy if they want to have the experience because price was the barrier. But I think the bigger barrier to Remy is the food, not Mm -hmm. the price. That makes sense. Like, Oh, I agree. If you're an an adventurous eater, like, Remy is actually a value deal for people who like fine dining. Like yeah, for $125 a head, that is that is actually a deal mm-hmm. in my mind. And so and so I'm not sure that people will suddenly sit down and be like, oh, I'm okay trying foams now because I'm paying, you know. <laughs> no, no, I don't plate. I don't so, think it's that. I just think it's more of like, I think the idea being like, oh, it's, you know, if I only have an appetizer there, I'm only going to pay $20 a person instead of $125 a person. Right. So I might be willing to try it for an appetizer and a drink, whereas I, I'm not willing well, to commit the... Cart- $125. Bring in a card of sport code and a tie on board to yeah. have an appetizer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, don't think that's so either, but see, I don't know. And that's the other thing, you know, the dress code of Remy. And it's like, no. Nah. But you yeah. might do it for Enchante. Well, okay. So yes. speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of that the, the elephant in the room has made itself known. So we're going to shift. We should shift gears over and save some time for this discussion. So April 29th. Christmas morning for DCL fans. <laughs> we had the announcement of all of the details of the wish. We had a special live episode with the DCL podcast mm-hmm. about uh, all of those details. It was a fabulous time. We don't have 90 minutes tonight to rehash that discussion. Yeah, so we'll so, focus on Adrian so, instead of on us. Tonight. We're going to focus on Adrian's reactions. Uh, Sam and I have a main show coming out this week also about the wish with a special guest. And so you're going to get you're, you're going to wish we stopped talking about the wish by the time we're <laughs> done talking about it. But let's get Adrian's reactions tonight. I'm going to kind of roll through in the same way they rolled through the announcement. So, uh, Adrian, let's start with pool deck. That's where they said uh, they started with the pool deck, which I thought was a really interesting place yeah, to start that. Not discussion. where I thought they were going to go with that. In the yeah. I think it was a risky place for them to start. I honestly. Agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So what do you think of the pool deck announcement? Aqua Mouse, this hero zone. What do you think? There are no words, right? For this this ship is the pinnacle of everything that they have probably been working for. And it will be the shining star of of the cruise line. I I I can't imagine anything better. I mean, goodbye to the aqueduct, right? <laughs> the aqueduct. This is like because now there's a story in the ride and the whole Marvel thing. I, I, I don't even know where to start with the conversation <laughs> on how many things there are and where my brain exploded with well, each, each, each time. What was it? Ashley? Yep. Yes. Cruise director, Ashley. Every time Ashley popped somewhere else, I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not over. No, it's yeah. not, I mean, no there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of stuff coming. they didn't tell us. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's been, there's, there's, there is a lot to the announcement. Yeah. Um, on the pool deck side, we'd have a to break it pros. down. 
Yeah, and the cool decks <laughs> had a couple pros I saw, or and some speculation I've seen since. Um, one, it looked like a lot, like multiple small pools kind of yes. tiered out, which I think, I, I I don't know if that works or doesn't, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Aqua Mouse you referred to, which Love is it. like their their answer to Roller Coaster at Sea is, you know, Thrill Experience at Sea that's a water ride and has a story and theming. It feels like kind of the merger of the Aqua Duck and Mickey and Mickey's or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway right. Railway a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... The Hero Zone, I actually think, is a big announcement. It's been described yeah. as this multi-purpose arena, which I continue to believe means enclosed <laughs> multi-purpose space. Yeah. People have argued with me about it, and I am no, I, I am, I, Brian. I'm with I you. Think I enclosed. think Brian. Yeah. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. I agree. I think it's going to be an enclosed because when I hear arena, I don't think open space at all like yeah. that. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, I like the idea just, you know, of the separate pools, honestly. Yeah. I've sat where the pool is small and everybody's lined up with the kids and it's tight. I like the idea of space, you know, the little bit of spatial spots. Yeah, yeah. I like it too. I think it's I a really great do. idea. I think the pool well, is going to be unbelievable. And well, the adult one... pool, forget it. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> the infinity edge off the back. Uh, I was like, what? Oh yeah. That <laughs> well, looks incredible. Concierge finally gets their own pool space, which they've wanted forever. So I think concierge it's... gets a pool. <laughs> you saw my thumbs pool. Yeah, Well, but it's it's good no, for, it's, I mean, it's, it's good. good for them. It is it, to be fair. We, we you know concierge is a little too rich for for our pocketbook, but um, and for a lot of people, but for and for most people, people yeah. let's be real. I mean, yeah. you know, let we could dive into that and have a whole ten hour <laughs> conversation too. That. It's not it's not an inexpensive cruise. So yeah. to do the concierge, it well, is what it is. Yeah. Let's go over there for a second. We'll go out of order for a second because other big announcement was around staterooms. They they mm. talked about some of the new decor and just the regular staterooms. They also announced these new two-story oh, royal suites. My goodness. Uh, Incredible. I also want to forget flag- it. I also want to flag that Scott Sanders over at the DCL blog uncovered a little Easter egg. It looks like in the booking tool, I think it was, that uh, there is a potentially, as yet, unrevealed, supersized stateroom on board the Disney Wish called a Tower Suite, which uh, looked to be on deck 14. Uh, And so looking at the the deck plans and the spaces that have Mm -hmm. not been announced, it Feels like if it's a tower suite, the only space that has not been covered on the deck plan is in the false funnel, which has two magical experiences coming labels in it. And so, how cannot crazy. even like believe like if that is true, if Scott Sanders has uncovered this, uh, unbelievable. How I, crazy I can't even would imagine that even how much be? Would be. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would cost. I cannot even oh, that, imagine. Forget what it. It would cost. <laughs> well, it would have to be concierge, right? Because uh, you're talking about oh. anything that's like suite level. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I can't even. It's going to be like ultra. Con- it's going to be like, like ultra, the ultra. It's concierge, like staying yeah. in the castle. It would be like yes. staying yes. in the castle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, that would crazy. be. Uh, that would be like that'd be incredible. Yeah. A little yeah. much let's come, for me. <laughs> let's come, come back down, down to earth, right? Let's come down to earth. What'd you just think of the regular stateroom decor, Adrian? I'll I say the one was... disappointing, the one disappointment for me was I didn't hear a lot about any sort of like, I would have loved to see some like tech upgrades. My my pro that somebody pointed out that I missed, they finally, the TV is on the wall opposite the bed now. Yeah. And, and the renderings. Thank God, I right? amazing. <laughs> um, I thought they were beautiful. I thought they were, they weren't crazy IP crazy. I thought they were just, very elegant and very pretty and warm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? They weren't like that cold look. It was very warm and inviting. Um, and they say that I think they also had said that more rooms are going to be outside state rooms on this yeah. ship more than the others mm-hmm. um, with verandas. I, I, yeah. yeah, it was evident and it, they're beautiful rooms. The rooms are ba- gorgeous. The bathrooms Oh my God. Looked right. Stunning. The bathrooms yes. looked amazing. Um, that two floor suite. I 
just don't even know what to say. All I keep thinking is, okay, so when I go and I have five kids, it would probably be more economical to stay in the two. In the, in the, the two, rationalization begins. The rationalization of that, of the, yeah. two, of the, two, the two story suite. I'm like, well, if I got three state rooms, I mean, that would add up to be like that one. So I think I should stay in that um, one. It depends what state rooms. If you're talking inside state rooms, I'm still no, thinking no. No, I wasn't no. talking now. We, we have a friend. We have a friend of uh, we have a friend of the show who said his wife saw the two story royal suite and said she would never leave the bathtub in the bathroom and I said well that just sounds like a, a cruise within a cruise within a cruise to me yeah, I mean, yeah. sounds amazing yeah no the state rooms look beautiful they look amazing yeah. they're they're so, they're so beautiful well so outside of state rooms uh, we do have a viewer here who's asking uh, for your thoughts Adrian on a bit of a divisive uh, announcement which was the amount of IP they've poured into this ship including Star Wars, right, and the so, hyperspace lounge, the hyperspace lounge, the Star Wars lounge. What I'm calling the replacement for a skyline. Although yeah. on our podcast, I think one of the hosts said, "Well, we don't know yet. Maybe there will be another one." I don't. I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. No. I think this is no. it. I think but, this is um, it. But what do you think about the hyperspace lounge on board? I think uh, it's fantastic. I think that there should be an adult Star Wars something. I mean, all the stuff that the kids are getting on this ship, I'm not going to lie, the whole princess fairy tale thing, the the Marvel with the dressing up and everything. I'm like, well, where where's mine? I know, right? You know, where's mine? And I'm a Star Wars freak. So I... Where's my... Yeah. Where's, where's my, my slide? slide? Where's my, yeah. Where's my slide from Enchante back to my room because I don't think I can walk. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought that that was really great. I'm yeah. I'm excited. My son who's married, he was like, "Are you kidding? That's going to be the best part of the ship at night." I was yeah. like, "There you go." Yeah. And it's right like outside of the theater area, right? So it's like That's right That's what it, it looked like, yeah. Yeah, so like right outside so it would be nice like after you go to the Walt Disney Theater for the evening show and then you come mm-hmm. out and you go right into Hyperspace Lounge for a drink, right? Like it seems like a a kind of a perfect transition. One of the things that I think this is an improvement over the other ships is having that, you know, where people, where the, when the adults are walking out, particularly of the second show for the evening, right. you know, the, um, that will be a place they might, you know, sort of filter right into because it's right outside the theater and it's right by the movie yeah. theaters, I think as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, I think that it's perfectly located. I think it's a great theme. I think it will be fantastic. And I think, the um what is it the the there's a rose cafe right the rose the beauty oh, and the yeah, beast the, yeah the, the the i think it's just called the rose the yeah rose. It's a beauty and the beast i thought bar that was a beautiful cool. evening bar as well i mm-hmm. thought that that was particularly something i would i would enjoy too like you know yeah. you change it up at night you go to mm-hmm. one one night you go to one another night i thought that was very i liked it yeah well, i wonder I think it's, it's, I think it's a replacement for Meridian. But it might be uh, like a champagne bar or something because it looks it more be. like it looks. Yeah, well, the lo- location say- wise, it's kind of like where, like Meridian where you lead into the two adult only restaurants. However, it might be more. I feel like it's a more the theming would work better for like a champagne bar than like an old world, you know. Right. But they also kind of alluded and I think not even alluded, but said, I think that you could see the fireworks from there. Oh, maybe. I don't know. So it's, I, it's up. It's yeah. definitely up. Like yeah. you said, I think it's near the adult dining, maybe even, you know. Yeah, I think it's when you, it like, I think it leads into Apollo or into Enchante. I, I can't remember. I thought it was beautiful. I, yeah. thought, it was, I thought that well, was great. Well, speaking of adult dining, Enchante, mm. the new French offering from the Michelin starred, three Michelin starred chef. And Chef Arnaud. Palo, Palo the Steakhouse uh, edition. Yes. <laughs> um, What'd you think, Adrian, about that? There were some people who were like, don't mess around with my palo. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm yeah. a carnivore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was no problem with the fact it was going to become a steakhouse. I had no problem with that at all. I think that they will have palo signature dishes. I mm-hmm. guarantee that they wouldn't take it away, certain things. And I think it's going to be beautiful. I think a steakhouse is completely appropriate on there. Yeah, I think well, it'll. I, I think, think they'll still have pasta dishes and stuff like that because yeah. it's still Palo, so it's still yeah. going to be. I think it's just going to have dishes. more steak, exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, what is it, Enchante, right? Oh, 
forget it. I just want to know what the signature drink's going to be on. What's, what's the Colette too. replacement? Yeah, we <laughs> love the Colette. And what, what did they say? That that one is based off of Cogsworth, right? From Beauty and the Beast. Or, yeah, Lumiere. That's, uh, or Lumiere. 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 Cogsworth is going to be right. in Palo. In Palo. So I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with all well, of what and, they're doing. What is it? Is it Tuscany in Italy, Sam? It has it's no, known it's for Florence. Florence. Oh, Florence. Oh, Florence. Florence. Yeah. Well, I guess it's I guess that's Tuscany, but Florence. Uh, Florentine steak is actually like very very famous. Uh, the you know Flor Florence and that region of Tuscany, yeah, are are mm -hmm. known for are known for their meat as well as for pastas and and all that stuff. So it's not it's not far fetched to pair steakhouse and Italian. I think. Right. Americans maybe don't think of it as together, but traditional Italian food actually has quite a bit of that. I well, think it's we could talk. We could talk adult dining all night, but let's head over <laughs> to rotational dining because that was also a fairly controversial announcement. Uh, no animators palette, no restaurant called animators palette. I think that we found uh, no. frozen restaurant, which is going to be like the Tiana's or the Rapunzel's that has been on board uh, the magic class mm -hmm. ships. I think we've got the Marvel Avengers Experience restaurant that is going to be, I, I suspect, the animators kind of restaurant on board. Yeah. Right. And then we have 1923, a more, that I would say. I'm very interested yeah. in that one. Yeah. What'd you think, Adrian? I thought the restaurant choices were outstanding. Um, 1923 interested me the most, but that was adult dining. And it, actually, it's not adult dining, but it it is just faded that way a little bit more. Where mm -hmm. I think you know the Arendelle one and the Marvel one are fun and they're great, and it will be great to do because you know, like I said, the kids are getting theirs, but where's our fill of Marvel and fun stuff? I I think that their choices were really spot on. The girls get one night almost, and the boys will get the Marvel and. I think that works out well. I think it's a good balance. Yeah. Or well, both because really a lot there's a lot of boys out there who like frozen a lot I of agree. girls. I agree. I agree. But yeah. I just think that I think that yeah. it just they did a good balance. It, yep. it was a smart balance. Yeah. My, my only complaint is on it that, that they're since they're only doing the three and the four night itineraries, like on a three night itinerary, where do you pick who's it? Gonna go to Who's going to go to Palo instead of going to one of these restaurants or Remy? Like, I, I mean, I, I guess there's people out there complaining about the Norwegian menu potentially at Okay, at, uh, so if Frozen, I had but, to yeah. choose which one I would trade Palo for, <laughs> it would probably be the Arendelle one. I yeah. wouldn't want to miss Marvel, but that's because I'm a Marvel freak. Yep, same. So I would want to do the Marvel, the 1923 and Palo. I think it just means you have to do a back-to-back. -back. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just going to have to find a way to expand the cruise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. No, no, I love it. I think I think what you do is um, you on your first time on the wish, you're going to have to just do a brunch and 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 not do. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I honestly I wouldn't want to if I had just a three night cruise as my first cruise on the wish. I want to experience all three of the restaurants. And so I'm probably not doing Apollo or an Enchante dinner mm -hmm. on that first cruise. I would, I would opt for the brunches instead. And then maybe no, that's I'm a great option. That's yeah, a phenomenal then, option. Yeah. And then maybe on my second, I would say, okay, well, I, I, you know, Arendelle was nice, but I can miss it. Right. If, you know, I've seen well, it. Then you done can it. pick and choose too. You're right. A thousand percent because you're right. Cause then you get the opportunity to say, well, this menu wasn't really suiting me as much as the other. Right. I wonder, do they do, do they do, do you know this, Adrian? What do they do pirate night on a three night cruise? They did. I've been on the three night cruise and there, they had pirate night. See, I just, that's going to be that's, tough. That's going to be tough. I, I think, hope you don't do that. I think that pirate night might subside, um, especially so. amongst no. COVID. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think yeah. that that would be a very risky thing to do because of how many, I, I, I mean, I remember just being crunched on the decks mm -hmm. for pirate night with all the people just squished. Yeah. You know, well, I, the, I think it might not happen unless they did well, it different. shows or something. I don't know. Yeah, they could, but then what are you going to do with the fire? Then it's two right. separate fireworks because right. it, the fireworks yeah. are what draws everybody out too. Right. You're right. And the late night fire, you need that in the dark. And yeah. But, but the key difference too is you have now, because the only place where you got a show 
uh, Tiana's and Rapunzel's was on a magic class ship. I don't think they do s- traditionally have done the sailings with pirate knight on them. They do. They do. They do. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I was okay. saying, I feel like a three night, you should just not on a three night. You should just not do a pirate night at all. And if you want to do it on a fourth night, I guess, I mean, I would skip the fourth night. And of course that's when I would go eat Apollo or Enchante because yeah. I'm right. not a pirate. I, yeah. I'm sorry. What I was, sorry, but the point I was trying to make was the magic class ships. I don't th- think did three and four night Bahamian sailings. Oh, yeah, they did. In the beginning, they did. Not, not. Yeah, but before they retrofit them with restaurants. Yeah, but yeah, but but now they have the restaurants with a show on them, as True. opposed to having a pirate night. Right. So, and so now that you've got the this wish ship doing three and four night sailings with a restaurant like Tiana's, maybe they will. I fully, I fully right. agree that now pirate night should just fall away. I um, think that it's got. I, they're not going to even have a choice with that. To be very honest with you, I don't foresee pirate night being around. Even, at, you know, when they go back, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. But well, that's an opinion. <laughs> that's an opinion, <laughs> not a fact. Yeah. Well, Mike, Michael's opinion, our viewer Michael out there right now says, uh, if only they could have drink packages like other cruises. I can't see Disney introducing They're not going drink to. packages from the... So it's a family friendly aesthetic. Right. Although to be fair, they do. There are some things that Disney does that people don't think of as traditional drink packages because they don't do a drink package. All you can drink whatever for the cruise, but they do do beer packages for, you know, a certain number of beers that you get for a slightly discounted price. They do the passport at the Skyline Lounge, which is a certain number of drinks for one price, again, a discounted price. So there are ways to get some discounts you just have to there it's just not the same as like well a- my favorite is the drink of the day and right. when you board the ship and you get the cup the 15 dollar cup that has the drink in it and then you keep washing out that and you go to the you go to the bars and you get the drink of the day and they fill it up for like what is it five eight dollars something ridiculously inexpensive not too many people know you can also bring your own booze on the ship yep you can yeah, bring beer, beer and wine, beer and wine. Yep. Um, Malibu rum, you could bring certain things, just you have to check the guidelines of how much, but you are allowed to, to bring. Yeah. Yeah. I think the current, current guidelines restrict you to two bottles of wine per person, mm-hmm. uh, over 21, one right. six pack of beer per person, each port it's allowed, but no hard alcohol that, that will get confiscated at the port They'll and held until the end of your cruise. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're allowed to buy, like people buy rum, obviously on these cruises to bring right. home, but what happens is it gets held and yeah, then they give take it back. It from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But we, we bring on, if it's two of us, we'll bring on four bottles of wine. And the, and the, the, the thing that people forget is when you get off in port, if you, if you, if you're out of wine, you can buy two more bottles and bring it on. Right, but that's port, what I'm not, saying. So, yeah. but you, not yeah. everybody knows that you can bring Exactly. beverages with you and yeah. they're pretty fair and, about it. It's not like it's, you know, a and, and the, gu- the, gui- the guidelines say you're supposed to drink it in your room, but, but nobody in practical reality. Once you pour it in a wine glass, they don't know where you got it from. So just pour it in. A, get, no, you also to give you, bring yeah. your little, you know, your foldable cooler that you kept and you throw it in. I'm not talking like those white ones. I'm talking, you know, the bags, you yeah. know, like the, like the castaway key ones that you buy when you get off the ship. Yep. You mm-hmm. can, if you have that and I pack that, you pack it with ice, you put your drinks in it and you bring it onto the beach. It's not a big deal either. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's wrap up. We could talk about the wish all night. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up with a rapid fire round here. I want uh favorite thing from the wish announcement. Sam, we'll start with you. Oh, favorite thing from the wish announcement. Oh my goodness. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask me this question, so I'm totally unprepared, but I'm going to wing it and I'm going to go with, can I, can I, I'm going to have two because there's no rules in rapid fire. (laughs) I'm the one who usually does rapid fire. So I always say there's no rules. Um, Okay. So the aqua mouse. I'm really excited about that. I um, I love a water yeah. slide, but I love this idea of like a water coaster. I think that sounds phenomenal. So that's number one. Um, and then I think the other one is, I'm going to say the Marvel restaurant. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a Marvel nerd too, Adrian. And in fact, I on the on a podcast called The Plus Platoon, uh, we air Wednesday nights, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And we talk a lot about 
well, we talk only about Disney Plus shows and we talk a lot about the Marvel shows that have been right. going on. So I'm I'm just a big Marvel fan. And so I'm really excited about the new Marvel. Oh, I'd have to jump on that. Yeah. My God, I didn't know you had that. I would do that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a co-host. It's a, we have five, five of us um, and Brian subs in for me occasionally as well. So um, it's really fun. It's really fun. I will fun. have to listen to that. Yeah. Um, All right, Adrian, your top now two things from the Disney Wishing <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Unexpected. Thank you. Um, okay. The Star Wars Lounge. I, I'm very excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think I'm going to take, I, because you already mentioned the mouse, the, the mouse the poster. Mouse. Yeah. I'm going to go crazy and say, believe it or not, the grand foyer. Ooh, that's a good one. The grand hall. Grand the grand hall. hall. Oh, it is so beautiful. And I love the idea that they're going to have mini shows yeah. throughout the day in the grand hall. I thought that I, I like that idea. I think it's a great way to come in and just see different things. And through the day, there's more activity happening in that area. I think that's a great way to get people even spaced out right on the ship. I like the great, I thought the grand hall was stunning and don't get me wrong. I am looking forward to the shows as well, but I, I just, I thought it was pretty. And I loved it. Nice. Brian, what about you? Top two. I've got a top three. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> I should be able to go back and go on yet. You Here's my top three restaurants, restaurants, restaurants. So <laughs> okay. I, I am, <laughs> I'm excited about all the great restaurants on board. I cannot wait to try them all. And I, we're going to have to do a back to back because I want to try all three of the main dining yeah. and both of the signature dining, the adult dining restaurants and all the lounges in between. But the restaurants are just, I thought all of them look amazing and fun in their and own the ways so I, can't wait to hit her. I mean uh, I just, it's gonna be I, I can't wait to see the other what we haven't seen right like we've seen hyperspace lounge we've seen the rose but we don't know what else you know there's going to be a, other adult only spaces that I'm, well, I'm excited to see yeah because every time she was about to announce something else the little fairy godmother came sprinkling by and was like oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm like but yes yes, but yes. We want. And they're like, well, we're not ready to tell you everything, and I'm like, yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta, you gotta give little, little uh, breadcrumbs, right? Little by yeah. little. It was, but you know what? It was a significant breadcrumb. I think they, oh, yeah. I think they released a lot more than I actually thought they were going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree. If you saw the announcements and you can't wait to get on the wish, you can start booking. If you're super platinum at 25 plus cruises, I think it was May 17th was the start of booking. So us lowly gold, will have to wait an entire week before we even get a bite at the apple on those ships. So one one crew short of being gold and it was supposed to be in April. So last April. So, well, Oh, well, (laughs) well, I hope we I hope all of our wishes come true. I want to thank everyone out there for watching and listening this week to our news or this month to our news and commentary show. We'll be back next month with Adrian. We love having her on to talk about news and commentary. And we're probably going to start doing this show live as we have. So uh, we'll push this out to the podcast channel, too. So those of you who can't join us live can see it. Uh, we'll play around with the time a little bit until we can find a time that folks can really join and, and talk with us. But for now, we'll just uh, we'll say goodbye and good night. And thanks for thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to this week's bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed our commentary on the news. We're going to try to keep doing this every month at the end of the month, just kind of racking up some stories around the cruise industry and maybe even delving into the parks a little bit. We love having Adrian on for her perspective. So expect to see her as a regular co-host and expect to see these converting over to live shows. We're going to try to land on a date and time to do them consistently so you can watch along with us as we record and even ask us questions and we, that we can address during the show. And then for those of you who can't watch it live, we will continue to push it out through the podcast channel so that you can still get access to the content. So with that, I do, as always, want to thank each and every one of you for listening out there this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. 
please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews, especially those written reviews. They're really helpful in surfacing our podcast to people who might be looking for content like ours. And if you have any doubt about that, just know I'm recording this on Sunday, May 2nd. And today I typed Disney Cruise into Apple Podcasts and we showed up on the first search page in the top four podcasts for Disney Cruise Line. That is no small measure to the reviews that you have left out there. So for those of you listening who enjoy the show, head over and leave us those reviews. They are monumental in getting us up into that top list for people to find us. So if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content, or you can become a supporter of the show over at Patreon by searching for DCL Duo. We've got lots of great tiers of support over there to help us defray costs of the show. And so head over to Patreon. You can get some benefits by being a Patreon, and we just love the support for the show from our listeners. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded cruisers and DCL Duo fans like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.